Are you ready to hear a fresh take on all the most recent sport news? Come join me, Zach, as I discuss today's trending topics over a fresh cup of coffee. Coffee and Sports with Zach, the hottest new take. Today, we'll start by discussing a topic I have not seen much about from major news outlets. Um, and that's going to be the, the new loan with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, the loan is worth approximately $35 million, um, and it's for renovations at the Emory Sports Medicine Complex. Uh, this deal is going to make the Hawks' first organization, though, to receive a loan from a, quote, black bank. Um, it's going to be with the NBBF, or the National Black Bank Foundation, um, whose lead arranger is the Georgia-based Carver State Bank. Um, and the, the principal owner of the Hawks was quoted as saying, today's announcement reflects our commitment to putting our values into action. Um they don't want to just talk about making change and especially social equity um, and bring in everyone onto an equal playing field. They want to actually walk um, this path. Um, this is a monumental deal, um, but I'm, I'm super curious as to why it's not on the front cover of every news outlet, um, social media posts, and, and, and ESPN. This is the first deal of its kind with any major sports team from any of the major sports leagues. Um, and it's it's a huge first step to help turning the tide against systematic oppression um, that is, is running deep through our country's history. Um, we're seeing large corporations start to make some of these changes and implement certain training and stuff like that. Um, but we're getting to the point now where I feel as if um, it, the movement's almost lost some of its luster. We're, we're not at a point where, at least in my opinion, where we should be asking these companies to make these changes anymore. We need to be asking and turning to Mr. Smith, who's who's the coworker or our coworker and saying, Hey, why are you acting this way? Not, not pushing the blame and, and responsibility off onto the companies, but, but holding these people accountable for their actions and what they're saying or doing. Um, and, and calling them out for their, for whatever type of racism it may be. And, and part of not showing this and not emphasizing the importance of such a deal like this is in a ways a, a form of racism and a form of oppression in a right. Um, and, and it's this silence that has kept the issue perpetuating, um, but it's the uproar from the millions of these disenfranchised people um, that has helped us get to this point, help us to start move and make some of these changes. Um, and, and I applaud the Hawks for, for doing this and, and being one of the founding members to help make some of this change. Um, and, and hopefully we start to see some of this continue throughout the NBA, other leagues and other organizations. Um, the NBA has done a great job, I think, overall in bolstering this and, and being a outlet for change. Um, so I just I just wanted to start off by commending them and saying what a great job I think they've done and how I wish it was being shown more elsewhere. 
Um, so on to another business deal. Um, ESPN and uh, the SEC have come to a new 10-year agreement, um, which will start in 2024, uh, which gives ESPN the broadcasting rights to football and basketball games. Um, it, it, this doesn't just include ESPN. It also includes its sister company, ABC, um, and grants them the rights to broadcast 15, quote, premier games, um, which would include the SEC championship game um, and some of the major rivalry games such as Auburn, Alabama. Um, and then each university will get one non-conference football and two non-conference basketball games um, displayed on um, the ESPN outlets and airstreams. Um, we... It's interesting, though, because we are beginning to see ESPN and their umbrella company, Disney, um, kind of start to take over the sporting industry. Um, I said this when Disney Plus was announced. Soon enough, Disney will be buying or partnering in some major aspect with the NFL. Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Um, I think, for instance, Disney could build... Um, where their ESPN park is, I think they could build it almost into like a village, like kind of like the Olympic village for say, um, they could sign an exclusive deal with the NFL. So every Super Bowl say is hosted in Orlando in the village. You have the perfect setup. Each team, um, would have a place to stay in exclusively already in there. Um, there's plenty of space and fields and stuff for them to practice on leading up to it. Um, and it, it would save the NFL money every year going to these new places, setting everything up and getting everything situated. It's already done by Disney and already there. Um, and then the surrounding area, you already have the infrastructure to help support um, some of these extra businesses. Um, is it something that the NFL owners would agree on? Um, I, I think that, honestly, you would probably have a greater number um that would agree to it than what than that want it even though you break you generate that revenue in your city in your stadiums and stuff like that a lot of these stadiums aren't owners aren't getting it it's only the ones that are in the south or an indoor stadium something like that that again it's the same cities over and over that continue to host the super bowl so if we move it to one inclusive place already then it kind of gives um and, and you do like a revenue split amongst them for some of the ticket sales or something like that. It, it, it already is um, beneficial, cost beneficial analysis for the teams to do it. Um, but look, <laughs> sorry, I kind of went out divulgent. Don't get me started. I have a lot of ideas, a lot of different areas. Nowhere near enough time on this podcast um, but hey, if anyone out there knows someone that's hiring, needs a creative mind, um, um, go ahead, send them my way. Definitely. I'm always looking and trying to, to do something new and creative. Um, but so by now, I'm sure um, everyone has heard that Duke has canceled their non-conference schedule. Honestly, I'm just really upset with Coach K for acting like, as fans, we're dumb and naive. 
Um, you've done so much for college hoops, the sport of basketball as a whole. Um, but man, come on, don't give us this bull of malarkey. Like you have not, you have conference games scheduled. Um, they're sandwiched in between two com- non-conference games. You have Notre Dame, which is in between this. So don't tell me that it's about the traveling and keeping everyone safe and going home and this and that. Like, just be honest with us and let us know. Like, hey, it's not wise to keep doing all this traveling and everything, and and uh, continuing to move down this road. Let's take a little pause. Let's um, postpone and come back after January. Give everyone two 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 weeks or so um, to kind of do a mess of recuperation. Um, and when you come back, you quarantine them. Um, and you can also do some of that conditioning while you're quarantining them. For those who, if everyone's healthy, you continue condition, get back in that basketball shape that they might've lost over the two weeks. Um, you can still do Zoom conferences and stuff like that during this the uh, during your off time to to kind of keep keep your mind um, mentally fresh and whatnot. But go ahead, man, push it back, um, push March Madness off until around the middle of April or so. Um, the only real thing you got to worry about do it after opening day uh, for baseball and make sure that it concludes before the start of the NBA playoffs. Um, you're not really going to lose any viewers at the beginning of baseball season like that. It's a long season. So you're not really pulling away from that. You keep everyone safe. By that point in time, the vaccines have started to be, um, readily utilized a little bit more, um, um, openly distributed. So, uh, hopefully the cases are down. You can start opening the, the, the stadiums and the crowds up to even a little bit more, uh, people, even if you do it still with the bubble, it's still you're able to open a little bit more than what you were to do if you rush it. But now to what everyone's probably been waiting on to talk about Thursday night football. The rematch of Super Bowl 53. Um, a few different names uh, on both sides, but a hugely different outcome. Um, the Rams, honestly, they began the game by just running the ball down New England's throat uh, with Cam Akers. Let me tell you, this kid, he had a career game last night. He looked the real deal. Um, but New England was just absolutely dominated on both sides of the ball. The offensive line, the wide receivers, tight ends, everyone for the Rams. Helmet on the helmet, um, pushing their man backwards, turning New England. They just didn't look ready to play New England, didn't it? Um, not often you can say that about a Bill Belichick team. Um the defensive front, seven of the Rams, read everything that Cam Newton and the Bill Belichick threw at them, um, and they played it perfectly. Honestly, it seemed there didn't appear to be a, a P in that RPO. They uh, The Rams knew that the run was coming, and they shut it down. Cam couldn't make a play. Jared Sidham got in the game, and that defense, can by that point in time, had their ears pinned back and was going. Um the Patriots did look at a point in time like they may have something going for them. Um, they picked off a Jared Goff pass towards the end of the first quarters. Um, DB grabbed it off of Robert Woods's hands, body, essentially, as they were uh, going to the ground. First play to second quarter, though, Cam Newton gets rushed by the Aaron Donald and the defensive line of the Rams. And... 
throws an interception right into the belly of Kenny Young, who promptly returns at 79 yards for a touchdown. Oh, by the way, did y'all see Aaron Donald running out in front of Kenny Young on there? Being the lead blocker, man, no wonder he was able to – get it back there so easily. No one wanted to try and get through Donald to go and tackle him. Um, but on the ensuing possession, the Patriots took the ball down the field during eight minutes of time of game time, um, only to get stopped on fourth and goal. Um, not much is going to happen after that. Um, the game's going to go to halftime with the Rams up 17-3, to three, um, which any of you who've watched um, a lot of Rams football know Sean McVay and the Rams are 33-0 and 0 when um, leading at halftime. Um, they definitely kept that streak alive as they shut out the Patriots in the second half um, to go on to win 24-3. to one thing I will say, though, before I move on, is that it doesn't appear to me that the Rams trust golf, though. Um, the second half was a battle of punts as the Rams proceeded to run the ball. They tried to run a few screen plays. Um, the Patriots did a good job shutting down the screens um, and limiting the Rams' run attack, um, bending but not breaking. Um, I think golf is gonna gonna win some games, um, but he's gonna end up in the same category as like Philip Rivers, Alex Smith, um, and where Jimmy G seems to be headed. Um, he 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 he's gonna be able to lead your team. He's gonna go on some streaks. He could even get you to a Super Bowl, um, but he's not gonna be the the focal point guy who's gonna go on to win multiple MVPs. Um, and and can can win you a Super Bowl. Um, the, he's going to be be too prone to making big mistakes um, at crucial times, or not being able to make um, the right read or big throw when he needs to. Um, and, and so I don't I don't know what Bill Belichick did to him back in Super Bowl Fifty Three, but it, it's definitely had lasting impressions. So I'll leave y'all today with this. Um, This weekend is going to mark the first time in 77 years that the annual Army-Navy football game um, is going to be played at West Point. Uh, The Army-Navy game is usually played on a neutral field. Um, but due to some of the COVID uh, restrictions in place in Philadelphia, um, where the game was originally scheduled to be played, um, it's been moved. Um, uh, Army is going to enter the game at seven and two. Navy's three and six. Um, and I don't suspect that many people um, are expecting a high-scoring game. Um, shoot. Uh, to be honest, I would be surprised if, if we saw one of the a passer for either of the teams reach 200 yards. I mean, both teams, um, passing leaders have a combined, a combined 728 yards over 18 combined games, 
728 yards over 18 combined games. That's that's less than 50 yards a game, folks. Like, I, I mean, I think it's going to be a surprise if we see a 100-yard passer. All right? Um, both of these teams do a lot of wishbone, ha- um, three running backs, a little uh, jet sweep to the – to the little uh, to the to the sweet back to the little the little tight end crack back um, it, it's three clouds and a dust of football um, you know I'm gonna call this game at at, at 1914 um, will be the final score and, and for those of you that know me uh, you know who I'm gonna go for those of you that don't um, I'm an army vet. So it's definitely going to be go army, beat Navy. Hey, this has been Zach, your host for the new daily talk podcast, where I discuss the hottest trending topics in sports. Please go like, subscribe, and follow wherever you get your podcasts. I look forward to this journey with you, all of my wonderful listeners.